Hey guys, welcome to the first official episode of the Texas Missing Podcast, where we will highlight active missing person cases in Texas. We're your hosts, Kate and Brie. So we first just want to give a big thank you for all the support from our family and followers. There is definitely a lot that goes into creating a podcast, and we just want to say how appreciative we are of all the kind words and the encouragement we've received. Um, Both Brie and I have previous law enforcement experience, And with that, we really hope to provide multiple perspectives of a missing person case. We also understand the importance of keeping these cases in the public eye and being the voice for the families of these missing persons. So with that being said, let's dive in. Picture yourself on a normal day, maybe pumping gas in your car or finishing up some dinner for you and your family. And then you receive a call a call that your child, who lives in another state, didn't come home the night before. This is what Willie Smith experienced on January 13, 2018. Willie received a call from his niece, who lived in Houston, telling him that his son didn't come home last night. Willie was immediately worried, as his son always answers his phone, and it wasn't in his nature to not communicate with his family. Through his own investigation, Willie uncovers that his son was with multiple friends that night before, Concerningly, none of the friends know where he is, and even worse, their stories don't seem to match up. The only thing that can be agreed upon is that Willie's son got to the back of a black Ford Fusion vehicle that night and hasn't been seen since. This is the story of Jared Chavez. Jared was born in Lake Charles, Louisiana on January 22nd, 1998. Jared's dad, Willie Smith, describes him as an old soul who enjoyed school, playing sports, and writing poetry for his friends and family. After high school, Jared joined the Air Force where he served for eight months before receiving a general discharge. For those of you who don't know, a general discharge is a form of an administrative discharge. If a service member's performance is satisfactory, but the individual failed to meet all expectations of conduct for military members, then the discharge is considered a general discharge under honorable conditions. And this is what Jared received. Once he was out of the military, Jared joined several of his friends from Louisiana in traveling to Houston, Texas. What was meant to be a short trip actually turned into Jared living in Houston with his cousin full time. Jared had started school and had also found a job putting up satellites. A couple months after moving to Houston, on January 12, 2018, Jared Chavez spoke to his mother on the phone at 9 p.m. This would be the last time she ever heard from her son. Later that same night, at approximately 10.39 p.m., Jared was seen getting into a black Ford Fusion in the 8800 block of Westheimer Road in Houston with three other males. Jared has not been seen since. Jared was last seen wearing a red hooded sweatshirt, a denim vest over the sweatshirt, a white t-shirt, jeans, and orange LeBron James sneakers with white soles and an orange Nike swoosh. According to reports, a verbal disagreement had broken out between Jared and the driver of the Ford Fusion. Gunshots allegedly rang out, and witnesses state that Jared was never seen getting out of the vehicle. There were reports that three of Jared's friends were present that night, but they all gave different narratives of what occurred when contacted by both the police and by Willie. Kate, I know you spoke to Willie several times about this case, um... 
Can you kind of explain how those conversations went? Yeah, I did. Um, I spoke to Jared's dad, Willie. We had a really lengthy conversation about Jared, who he was as a person, um, as well as all the information that Willie has collected relevant to Jared's case. And it is a lot. I could hear Willie sifting through the pages of his notebook as we went through the timeline of Jared's disappearance. It's clear Willie has lost zero motivation in finding his son. He wants answers and and he he truly deserves them. Uh, The following is the information Willie uncovered while investigating his son's disappearance. As we spoke about earlier, Jared was with several friends the night he disappeared. Uh, We're going to be using the initials of two of these names because they have not been publicly announced. We'll be using the initials JR for the first male, LF for the second, and then Deshaun is the third. Willie explained that JR had been a lifelong friend of Jared's, but the other two were a little unknown to him. Saturday, the day after Jared was last seen, Willie's niece had reached out to Willie and told him that Jared had not come home. Willie then got in contact with JR and Deshaun, who both admitted they were with Jared the night, but provided two different stories of what occurred. Jared told Willie that they all had driven in Jared's vehicle to a CVS at the 8800 block of Westheimer Road. They met up with two other individuals, a fight broke out in the parking lot, Gunshots were fired and everyone dispersed. JR stated he did not see where Jared went, but assumed he would come back to his car. Deshaun, on the other hand, said that they met two guys in the CVS parking lot to buy weed. An argument ensued and once again, gunshots went off and everyone dispersed. Deshaun did tell Willie that a man named William Chavez was the driver of the Black Ford Fusion which was the vehicle Jared was last seen getting into, but not getting out of. Unfortunately, there's little information regarding the exact situation that occurred that night, which makes this case a little frustrating for Jared's family because there were people that knew exactly what happened that night, and one of those was a close friend of Jared's. So I know Willie spoke to some of the guys on the phone, uh, but did he ever see any of them in person? And did any of them ever attempt uh, to help Willie find Jared? So in short answer, no. Um, Willie did run into JR back in Louisiana. And of course he brought up Jared and asked him where, like what would he knew about it? The only thing that JR would tell Willie is that he needed to speak with Deshaun because Deshaun knows exactly what happened that night. Willie said that was the only other interaction he had with any of the three men. Willie went on to say that he was unable to get into contact with them, they wouldn't answer his calls, and the family of the men also refused to speak with him. So let's go back to Deshaun, because I think this is an incredibly important part of the case. Willie was notified by another of Jared's friends in Houston that Deshaun spoke to them and told them William Chavez had shot and killed Jared. Willie took this information and was able to locate where William Chavez was known to be living at the time, which was the Wilcox Apartments in Houston. Willie contacted the apartment manager at the time, who had told him that William Chavez had moved to Austin just the month previous. Willie asked the manager if she knew what vehicle he might have driven, and she responded that she believed he used to drive a black Ford Fusion, but had sold the vehicle right before he moved to Austin. Um, so Bree, I think you found an article about William Chavez. Can you kind of go more into that? Right. So the same night that Jared went missing, there was a report of robbery uh, at the PLS checking, which is at 8900 Westheimer Road, which is literally a sprint from the CVS. 
the victim in that robbery was William Chavez. William Chavez told the police that around 11 p.m. he had been approached by two unknown black males. One of the black males was wearing a black hoodie. The other was wearing a red hoodie. Both men demanded his wallet before shooting him in the arm. It's unclear which man shot him. Chavez then walked into the PLS check cashing storefront after being shot. Like I said before, this check cashing storefront was a sprint from the CVS. Um, It's about 0.3 miles from that CVS. Another interesting aspect of these locations is that Jared's vehicle was later found at the Marquette at Piney Point Apartments, which is located 0.1 miles directly north of the CVS. So these all, all of these events happened really close together. So if you guys remember earlier on, we mentioned Jared's description when he went missing. Uh, he was wearing, I believe, a red hoodie. So this also matches the description that William Chavez gave as one of the suspects that robbed him that night. And we feel like that's incredibly important. I think it kind of wraps the whole case together and it ties Chavez and Jared uh, to you know whatever happened that night. Um, Do you know how Jared's vehicle was located? Yeah, so as soon as Willie's niece notified him that Jared didn't come home and he wasn't answering phone calls, they immediately knew something was wrong. Jared always answers his phone. Um, He was not answering any texts and his phone was actually off. So Jared's family immediately went down to Houston once his niece called. They walked door to door. They put up flyers. They even made contact at the CVS. They did anything possible that they could do to help find Jared. They ended up also calling OnStar for Jared's car to see if they could access the GPS. OnStar did locate the vehicle, a late 2000s Chevrolet sedan. But since Willie's family didn't have... Uh, Jared's password, OnStar wouldn't give them the information and told them that the police were going to be the only ones they would give that information to. So because OnStar would not give Willie's family the information, um, they obviously contacted police. Police were able to get in contact with OnStar and they gave them the location of the Marquette at Piney Point Apartments, which like Bree talked about uh, earlier, was directly behind both the cash checking place and CVS. They're all in kind of like a triangular area of one another. Uh, Willie Willie told me that the vehicle was found in a corner of the visitor's parking area, far back from any other vehicle. The vehicle had also been stripped of all of Jared's belongings. Um, The seat covers had been taken off, as well as the floor mats. Nothing was left in the car other than just, just the seats. Police later did tell Willie that there was no evidence that would contribute to to finding Jared. Uh, Speaking of police, I know that we haven't really discussed them very much in this episode, and that is for two reasons. First, the case is still active, therefore a lot of information has not been made public. And second, from the perspective of Willie's family, not much has been done in helping find Jared, or at least keeping up with communication about Jared's investigation. I know that there have been a few articles published that include police statements about Jared's disappearance. One of them in particular actually includes a possible suspect name. So according to police, they were searching for a suspect that went by the name of Bolt 
Suave, which is obviously a street name. Bolt Suave is listed as being the possible driver of the black Ford Fusion that Jared was seen getting in in the back of. The name Bolt Suave actually came from an an anonymous Houston Crime Stoppers tip, uh, but since the article was published in 2018, the police have no further comment or information regarding Bolt Suave. The last information that Willie received about the case was about nine months ago, and the police said that they don't know who Bolt Suave is, and they wanted to bring in Jared's friends and speak with them again. So we requested records from HPD, and while we did receive the missing person report that was filed for Jared, almost everything on that report was completely redacted, uh, except for a small sentence that stated Jared was reported as missing. And because police were not called the night Jared went missing, there is no police report documenting documenting that incident either. Um, Now, at some point, I know that Jared's credit card was used. Can you kind of go into that, Kate? Yeah, so two weeks after Jared went missing, his credit card was used at the S-Mart. It's over off of 610, still in Houston. Willie was immediately notified, and he even went all the way back to Houston to try and obtain the surveillance footage himself. But the store refused to give it to him, and they basically said, you know, hey, police are the only ones that are going to be able to grab this. So Willie, like any other time, passed along this information to the police. Um, But I, I think this is one of the more frustrating aspects of the case. So Willie passed along this information, but it took detectives over a month to make contact at the store. And by the time they did that, the footage had been erased. Uh, For those that don't know, most uh, convenience stores, they usually keep their uh, video recordings for 30 to 60 days. But after those days are over, it's erased and it's just about impossible to get it back. So in the same article that mentioned Bolt Suave, the police also stated that they were still receiving tips and searching areas, but never detailed which areas they had searched. They also wouldn't tell Willie which areas they had searched either. But we do know for a fact that one area was searched, and this was due to an Instagram Live video. So Willie shared with us an Instagram Live video, which had been taken by a friend of Jared's, Um, In that video, the friend is arguing with somebody in the comments, and we believe that person is Deshaun, uh, who was one of the friends that Jared was with the night he went missing. Jared's friend is calling for Deshaun to tell him where Jared is at, to which Deshaun comments, Red Oak Drive, Houston, Texas, dead end. This information was immediately passed to HPD by Willie, but Willie confirmed that HPD never conducted a search of the area. So instead, Willie contacted Texas EquiSearch, and and for people that are not familiar with this, uh, they're a nonprofit organization that provides search and recovery services to family of missing people. Texas EquiSearch initiated a search of the area and searched for four hours, but they didn't find Jared, um, and they didn't find any evidence leading to Jared. Kate and I pulled up Red Oak Drive on Google Maps, and we noticed that it's about 45 minutes away from Westheimer Road, um, where the initial incident took place. We also noticed that there were two dead ends on Red Oak Drive. 
When we contacted Willie about this, he told us only one dead end had been searched and it was most likely the north side of Red Oak Drive. However, both sides are heavily wooded areas. Um, The south side of Red Oak Drive, the woods extend for, it looks to be about a mile or so. Yeah, and the other side looks like maybe a homeless camp is on the other side. Um, And on that south side, looks like there's been a lot of buildings that have been built since 2018. Um, So we're not for sure, uh, you know, why they only search one side because both sides are, you know, they they look like you you can hide a body on either side. Right. So now that we've gone through all the details of the case, let's kind of go back and analyze some of the things that just didn't make a lot of sense to us that didn't add up. So one of the things that I found really interesting was that on the night this incident happened, none of Jared's friends called the police. So they all said that there was a shooting that occurred but nobody called the police to report Jared missing or injured. And I know that you said that JR had been friends with him since middle school. Um, So I think that's... Well, yeah, you would would expect someone that he's that close to to at least call the cops. I mean, they, they all admitted that gunshots were fired, so they all knew a crime took place. And Deshaun even mentioned a crime taking place, and that's why the shooting occurred. And so the fact that none of them called, especially, you know, one of his childhood friends, I think that says a lot about what happened that night um, and why they're trying to cover it up. Um, Something else, we kind of touched on it earlier, was the the police, Um, you know, I don't like to play, you know, armchair quarterback on this. I don't like to um, completely overanalyze because we've been there. We've been police officers. Um, we worked cases, but there were some glaring issues with this investigation. And I think the main one was not collecting that video evidence. I mean, you don't have anything else for this case. You just have a bunch of men with different statements. You don't have anything. And so you have someone that is missing. They've been missing for two weeks and their credit card comes up. And keep in mind, they never found Jared's wallet and they never found his phone. And you have this opportunity to, you know, it might've not been anything, but you you still needed to do the due diligence of checking in within a, a correct time period. And I think that was just a huge failure Yeah, no, I agree. That blows my mind. Um, Because even if you weren't taking seriously the missing aspect of it, you still possibly had him as a shooting suspect, Mm -hmm. you know, a robbery suspect. Right. So either way, you would think that you would want to collect that evidence. But Yeah. And and then Deshaun. So he was publicly named in one of our reference articles. He was allegedly on that Instagram video, essentially saying where Jared's body was, you know, and what, 
what has happened with him, you know. Uh, there's been no arrests made. Um, and I think there's a clear connection with him. And I'm, I guess I'm not understanding why that hasn't gone anywhere. Right. HPD has listed him as a person of interest in the robbery of William Chavez. Uh, but that's as far as that goes, really. So with everything that we've collected, what what is your opinion about what do you think happened? Honestly, um, I think this was a drug rip gone wrong. Um, I think a shooting did occur that night. Um, but, you know, it's really hard to tell exactly what happened. I think that the three people that Jared was with knows exactly what happened and they're not being forthcoming, um, which you would think that if you cared about somebody, you would want to help the family locate them. Well, and I just keep going back to uh, the William Chavez incident that happened, you know, a a few minutes after Jared was last seen in a vehicle. Um, Jared was seen getting into the back of the vehicle. So I know Jared was wearing a red red sweatshirt, and I know that William gave the description of one of the suspects wearing a red sweatshirt. And, you know, he could have very well lied about that to get the police off his back. But because he called the police, I think we're inclined to believe that either a couple of them or all of them were involved with, you know, hiding Jared's body. Because how does that happen? Nothing, his vehicle wasn't at CVS, it was moved, it was cleaned out, all while while William, you know, was shot. And, you know, he, he obviously had to have help. And so, like you said earlier, there are a possibility of five people that know exactly what happened to to Jared. And I think that's what's so frustrating for the family is that they true they know people. They know who was with him and they still don't have answers. Yeah, and I think really there's a lot that we don't know because the police haven't released any information because this is an ongoing case. So we don't know if after William Chavez reported his robbery, if they had gone out, if they collected bullet casings, if they even searched the area. Um, There are just so many things that we don't know because we're not privy to that information. Right, and and we, we understand that with an open investigation, rarely does police, you know, give, you know, extenuating information about a case. So we understand that aspect. I think the one thing that Willie has a hard time with is just their overall lack of communication with him. They, he kind of feels like they've forgotten about Jared, and, and I'm most positive that they have you know, a ton of cases. I'm sure that they are constantly moving, but I think it's also important to at least maintain communication with the family and give them updates. I don't think a family should consistently have to call up to the police department to see if there's any updates. I think that detectives, it is part of their job to keep families up to date on that type stuff. Yeah, but that's kind of what happens when a police department doesn't have enough funds to supply their police force. Yeah. You know, there's not enough detectives down there, I guarantee it. Yeah. 
And so you can you can definitely look at it from a lot of different aspects. It is just unfortunate that it's almost been six years and they they don't have any answers. They're no closer to finding him than they were in 2018. So Jared's family continues to fight for answers. Um, I want to give a big thank you to Willie for speaking with me and sharing Jared's story. For anyone that has any information regarding Jared's case, please contact Houston Police Department or Houston Crime Stoppers, and they still do have an active $10,000 reward for any information leading to the location of Jared. Um, you can even make the tip anonymously. All this information will be posted on our socials. Uh, make sure that you're following us on Instagram and Facebook at The Texas Missing, where we'll be posting Jared's case information and photos. And also subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast to ensure you're notified when new episodes drop. With that being said, I'm Kate. And I'm Bree, And this is The Texas Missing Podcast. Mm-hmm.